What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This week, we had a mixed podcast. On a Tuesday, we had a Monday rundown and a Wednesday NFL all put together. We jumped in and we talked about, first, the MLB, specifically the Yankees and the Mets. Following that, we talked some NBA news. After that, we talked a little bit of golf and college football briefly, and then we went over NFL last week, and we made our predictions for this week. So follow us on Twitter, at Sorry Sports, and we will be back with you guys next week. Enjoy. tonight right on a tuesday i i got in at four o'clock in the morning and then i um played my final birthday round of golf yesterday and i was like i i'm just so shot i'll probably fall asleep while recording and then i saw an opening today and i said if sean can do it let's just knock them both out so here we are host of the al east champion yankees home podcast <laughs> Listen, man, it, uh, first of all, I hope you had a fantastic birthday weekend down Hilton Head. Uh, I know we talked about it right before we got on the pod, but uh, yeah, I knew you were looking forward to that. So are you now are you done with travel for the year? Are you are you staying home? Hey, I listen, never say never, but as far as anything, anything planned as of right now, I am done with travel. Maybe a couple day trips up to Boston to visit Michaela's sister, but or one nighters, but nothing. Nothing crazy. Um, yeah, I had a great time. If I if I had a lot of money and no responsibilities, I would move down there tomorrow. <laughs> I bet, man. I've heard nothing but great things. So I'm glad you had a great time. But, yes, Tom, we've been doing the pod since 2018, and this is now the second time that we can say the New York Yankees. For all the time that we spend on this on this team and the complaining and whatnot – Second time we can say we watched the uh, we watched them win the AL East, and I know that in Yankee fans' eyes, it's not that big of a deal. But with the way that this division is, the way we said it was going to be Toronto's to lose, I think we each picked the Yankees to finish third. It's a pretty big accomplishment, right? No, it is, and you know, given the the massive highs and the the very big lows we seem to have throughout the season. It was great to see them finish that way. I, I think we requested them over that six-game set to go four and two. They smashed that. They swept it. It was just like for them to do what they did to Boston. Now, granted, there were still issues in that in that series, right? Cole giving up the three-run home run to Verdugo after he looked like he was going to go seven innings of one-run ball. He comes unhinged. They still find a way to win that game Saturday. You know, Britain doesn't look great. Herman only goes five, but they win that game going away. And then in the rain-shortened six-inning win, Cortez was great. Um, still some issues in the bullpen, some guys looking to get healthy. But I'm excited to just say that we don't have to worry about that bullshit best-of-three series to start. And it can just be like, all right, 
let's see what this team does in the playoffs. Obviously, if they fall short, we'll be we'll be saying our piece. But for now, it, it's it's a good accomplishment. I, I'm I'm happy that they were able to actually not pull a last year and, and collapse and actually hang on to this thing. Absolutely, uh, I did not want to be in that wild card series. I'm pretty confident. Depending on who they go up against, they would have uh, fallen in that wild card series. I I feel much better against a, uh, a full series. Um, now let's just go out. Um, Houston, what they probably have the number one seed locked up, or is there still a battle yep. for it? Um, no, Houston's pretty much got it. I think they actually did clinch it. Yeah. So let's just let's get healthy. Let's enjoy these last couple weeks. Stay hot. I know they lost last night, but clearly they won tonight. That's how they were able to clinch the division. Um, and, yeah, you know, you're, I, I understand why you're upset about Cole. You can't make that pitch there. Um, but, again, and those pitches in the playoffs, three-run homers, it's tough to come back from it. But it, it was one pitch. Um, Nasty Nestor looked to be in um, first first beginning of the season, first half of the season form. Um and Britain's just coming off the IL. Let's let's get him a let's get him a lot of let's get him a lot of uh, non-meaningful outings to kind of shake the rust off. Well, that's the plan, and that's why I think it's great that they were able to clinch the division this early. You know, before the Orioles series, before the last series in Texas. And I wasn't saying that piece is to knock him. I think it's in a perfect situation. He is a viable bullpen option because Boone last week essentially admitted that getting into the playoffs and in the playoffs, they're going to go closer by committee, which, you know, isn't always the greatest thing in the world when you're trying to win a championship. And you talk about you Clay know, Holmes Chapman. falling off a cliff though. I mean, I know he got hurt. Yeah, but he hasn't been that effective since he's been back and, and he's nothing what he was in the first half. Obviously King has been out for the season, you know, really right after the all-star break, he suffered his injury. Trevino has been really solid, but you know, there's certain matchups they're going to go with. Chapman doesn't seem like he's even going to be a postseason roster option. Well, Isaac has his moments where he's great. He's shaky. I don't need to go all up and down the line, but you know, anything that they can get from Britain in these next, you know, seven, eight games would be just wonderful mm-hmm. to decide, hey, is, is this a guy who can come in and maybe get a ground ball double play uh, against a tough hitting lefty, you know, with with runners on first and second and, and and an out in the in the sixth or seventh inning, right? Yep, no doubt about it. Um, I just want to see good baseball and, and stay hot. That's all I ask. Stay hot. Yeah, they'll start giving certain guys days off now because the That's what I was going to say, too. Off. Is, is let Judge get to 61 or 62, whatever you're going to let him get to. But let's get these guys that, that we need in the lineup, the Rizzos, especially the Stantons, the Judges, the days off that they need. Yeah, and that's, again, Tom, like why it's so huge that they won the division. And, you know, we've talked about these wild card series and these series that they've lost in the last couple of years. It's generally been because they haven't been able to set up their rotation the way that they want to. And we talked about that 2020 series against Tampa. Well, they weren't able to necessarily set up that rotation the way they wanted to. Last year, obviously, they got Cole starting a wild card game. But now it's really you can go give them the proper days off, mix and match how you want to go. Right now, to me, I think their four-man rotation probably ends with Tyon, right? And Severino's looked really good since he's come back into the rotation with his two starts. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about the top three, uh, Cole, Nestor, and and. Severino tie-on makes my hands shake. Um, but, I mean, uh, if you need a bullpen game there, hopefully the other guys can give you a strong outing. 
Yeah, they'll at least have the depth, I, I think. Because Tyon, I do want to give him his credit. I know I've been a little rough on him, but his start against Boston on Thursday and then tonight, he was just spectacular in both games. So I want to give him his flowers there. But you'll have Montas hopefully able to be there if things fall apart. You've hmm. got Schmidt who can give you innings. So I do think that they're well-equipped to handle one really bad start, but it can't come from Colt. And that's the thing that worried me, Tom, on Friday night was mm-hmm. he was cruising along. He made Devers look really bad, which is something he has not been able to do at all this year. And he's just like, okay, he's going to get out of this. There's two outs. Verdue goes up, but he's been he's been getting strikeout after strikeout. I think he finished with 12 in that game. But he makes that bad pitch. And the thing about him is I know he's given up a shit ton of home runs, and I, I have tried to defend him. But unlike the other aces, dude, his his mistakes are generally with guys on base, unlike Verlander and Scherzer and DeGrom. Yeah, that's the only thing that scares me is the home run usually comes after you know some type of single or walk or error. And it's he seems – I don't know. It's like he loses – focus he doesn't stay dialed in I, I i don't know but he needs to clean that up and let's give up our home runs i know they're going to come as solo shots here yep yeah solo shots are not going to beat you we've seen the the best pitchers in baseball do that in the playoffs they don't come when after walking two guys and that's the worry with cole and i think it's fair i've tried to defend him as long as i can yankee fans who have been a little bit more have had him on their shit list I think they've been a little bit vindicated, but we'll see what happens come playoff time. No, you're right, so but I will say, and and this is something you say all the time. Let's let's see it in the playoffs for Cole. October is what matters for Cole, and we can we can do the 180 and shit on him if he has a bad October. But let's let's get there first. Perfectly said. Yep, and, and all of the bad starts in the regular season will be completely forgotten if he goes out there and shoves. And we hope that. I think all Yankee fans are just, you know, keeping their fingers crossed for that. But Tom, we've been on sixty watch now for about a week. What are your thoughts on Judge? I know that you were away this weekend. I don't know how many highlights or at bats you got to see from from any any vantage point, but. He's still sitting on that number. Are we feeling a little less confident now, or do you still say when it's all said and done he gets 61 and 2? I think he does just because of the fact that he. I think he's still putting good swings on the ball and he's not getting outside of himself. Um, I, I, I mean, I watched a couple at-bats specifically of his, and he just doesn't really seem to be, you know, a lot of times you see when they're going for a milestone or whatnot, they're, they press, I mean. He's still had a couple of hits in the last few games, so of course they haven't been home runs. But if he's still putting the bat on the ball and making good contact, I still feel okay about it. I agree with you, and to your point about not pressing, he walked four times tonight. Yep. Yeah, only one official at bat in the book, so I mean, you got to feel good about that. And I, again, I, I think he's going to get there just because he's having great at bats and he's going to face some lesser pitching coming up. So, we'll we'll have to see. I think he's going to get at least get at least four more really good chances. I agree with you. I mean, let's see. If it, I would assume he's going to play these games out because they have that built-in rest or day off on Thursday, and then they come back to New York uh, for three against Baltimore. He has absolutely owned Baltimore, not just this year, but in his entire career. And then they go play four in Texas, and, and Texas doesn't have very good pitching. So the opportunities are going to be there. I, I don't necessarily think they're going to 
they're going to try to give him rest days. Definitely not in those three games in New York. But, you know, you can start, maybe see him get some DH days or if games are really out of hand, maybe they get him off his feet. But that's, again, the, the benefit of winning the division. They'll have a pretty lengthy rest heading into the playoffs where he's not going to go from wrapping up the regular season and trying to get to 62 and then immediately jump into a best-of-three wildcard series. Yeah, absolutely, and we're only talking about home runs here, but I will tell you, I'm looking at the stats right now, and he is leading the league for the Triple Crown right now. What do you think is more impressive? This is a, kind of a silly question, but if he gets to 62 and breaks the AL record or wins the Triple Crown? I don't know. I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good but also stupid question at the same time. It uh, is. <laughs> Thank you. Very impressed that I could do both. Um, I would just say the modern era of baseball. I just love to see a well-rounded player. So for me, it's the triple crown. It's hysterical because I've kind of wrestled with that the last couple of days. And I agree with you as, as impressive as 62 is, there are still some prolific home run hitters and home runs are just not what they used to be. But to, to be a home run hitter and draw the walks he does and, and be able to hit for average and, Fit in the 310s. 314 right now, yeah. No, and I mean, I'm looking at the the league leaders in home runs right now. Mike Trout, pretty impressive that he's in second place being out for what was like two months, but he's got 37. Judge has 60. He's almost doubled up on everybody else there. Insanity. Yeah, at one point I think he actually was doubled. I believe it was Otani or Schwarber, but Trout had that stretch where I think he homered in like eight straight games. So, um, and he's obviously, as you know, what is he, Tom? Mike Trout? The greatest statistical baseball player ever. That's right. So, to be able to outdo him despite his injuries and what Otani's done, it's a runaway. And for him to seal this season up with 62 home runs plus the Triple Crown, is just remarkable what this guy's done. So he's got a week left. We both believe he gets it. It would be cool to see him do it at Yankee Stadium in those final three games against Baltimore. Would you, you rather try to find your way to the Bronx? Um, my cousin was trying to get ALCS tickets, and I was like, "Whoa, pump the brakes, kid." <laughs> um, I'm not. Go- I'm probably not going to go to any of these games. Um, but. Would you be more impressed if he gets the triple crown or he gets sixty? It'd be obviously we're rooting for both, but which would you which would you be happier with? I'm leaning towards triple crown. I'm I'm just hoping he holds on to that. No, I just said I agree with you. It's it's the triple crown for all the reasons that you said. It's it's amazing that a guy who's this prolific of a power hitter is putting up the same number for average and beating out really good hitters like a Bogarts and, and a Louis Arise. Like it's, it's just incredible, man. We're, we're, we're witnessing history. We talked about this last week. We don't need to gush on him again, but you, like, you do have to take a step back and appreciate like, this is a season for the ages. When we talk about the history of baseball, whether he gets to 62 or not, we're looking at one of the most dominant off offensive seasons in the history of this sport that goes back over 150 fucking years. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. All right, well, we have. I, I, I let's not say anything bad about the Yankees. They just clits, They just clinched. Let's the celebrate, man. AL East champs. AL East champs. Let's look over across town rivals. Mets. They're clinging on to a one-game lead, as you wrote here, and they're hosting the Marlins. Um, and then I, I think we went over the schedule either last week or the week before. They got a big series coming up against Atlanta, too. What do you think? 
Well, I have to update that because I wrote that before their game looks like it's wrapping up and the Braves game wrapped up and the Braves beat the Nationals 8-2 to and last standing, the Mets were trailing the Marlins 6-3. So if, those, if that score holds up, it's now 6-4 Marlins top nine. If that holds up, we are looking at a dead even tie in the NL East. And yeah, that series is going to be crazy. Can I tell you one thing and see what you think? Again, I know you were away this weekend, but DeGrom got shelled out in Oakland, and that was his second straight game of giving up more than four runs, which is a little concerning because you don't see Jacob DeGrom do that. No, you don't. It's usually Jacob DeGrom gives up three runs. I mean, he's only given up three runs, it seems like, or less and less, two to three years, and the Mets only score two. Um, it, I, I, you got to trust DeGrom. DeGrom's, you know, you got you to think he's going to figure it out, right? You got to hope so. I mean, that is what it is with him. But, you know, they're obviously, the Braves are obviously very familiar with him. But the Mets are lining up their rotation. I don't necessarily know if it's great to look past a Marlins team that has talent and is playing for nothing at this point. But they are setting up their rotation for that series in, in Atlanta with Bassett, DeGrom, and Scherzer. Yeah, no, that's that's a good idea. I'm think, I'm leaning towards the Mets in that series, but... I mean, the Braves can hit, let me tell you. So I believe the Mets finish up with the Marlins at the Braves and then the Nationals. And in that stretch, let's say if this score holds up, you got to take the next two against Miami heading into that series in Atlanta. But your no boy Spencer Strider's on the IL with a I know. Eight. Trust me, I know. I just lost to my other ginger friend Ryan in the semifinals of our fantasy baseball league. And Strider, Strider going to the IL played a huge role in that. I'm heartbroken over it. Two of my favorite players, him and Michael Harris on the Braves. You know, they're my NL team outside of the Mets. Um, I, he's going to – I mean, they have they still have a good staff with Morton and Fryer – or Freed, sorry. Um, but he's going to be a big loss. And and it's interesting to see because it was his rookie year. I could ima- I'm assuming he's – you know, his innings are probably double whatever he's thrown in his life before – I think it's a it's a fatigue injury. Well, it was an oblique injury, and those are nasty uh, for pitchers. That takes a long time to get back from those. I mean, we we've seen Scherzer still dealing with it. He came back, he looked great, and now he's feeling it again, and he's still going out there and doing Scherzer things. But is he a hundred percent? I don't know. I mean, the you know the Braves, they're not super concerned. They probably are in the same position as the Mets, where they really want to get. That NL East crown, just like the Yankees really tried to get the AL East. But listen, if they have to play a, a postseason series, a best of three, they've, they've got to feel confident that they're the reigning champs. But you just made it a lot harder if you don't have Spencer Strider going out there. No doubt, but I am a lot more confident in a wild card game with the Braves and or the Mets than I was the Yankees in a wild card series. Yeah, it's just the pitching, but you know, the offenses are a little weird. I mean, the Mets, I know they've come back to, to – t- they can go ice cold at the snap of a finger though they have man and at really bad times i just think about that series with the cubs like if they don't hold on to the division we're gonna look back on that series and at city field when they got swept by the cubs and say how the hell did you let that happen 100 percent, yeah no doubt about it um you want to look at the playoff window this week or you want to wait for it to wrap up to talk about it no i mean we're heading into the final week so we might as well i mean obviously the dodgers clinched the best record in the nl um close race in the wild card for the nl yeah that's what i was gonna say this is really bunched up right now man yeah i think um 
Philadelphia holds the last wild card spot. Um, Milwaukee's one game out from what I remember seeing, and um, I, it's it's coming down to the wire. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated to see. You know, you're looking at the AL, right? Like you got Toronto, Tampa, and Seattle. They're all gonna make it, but but in in what order, right? Like in what order is Seattle that had happen? a bad loss a couple nights ago, and Julio's on the IL. I know. Gives me confidence when the Yankees see them. Yeah, but you know, right now, if the season were to end, the Yankees would play the winner of the Seattle and Cleveland series. Cleveland has sneakily just been the best team in baseball, really outside of the Cardinals now since the All-Star break. They don't lose. No, they don't, and and you know, I think most normal baseball fans would have a hard time naming more than two guys on their roster. I might, I might myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got Ramirez, you got Bieber, and Amid Rosario, else? and Amid Rosario, and uh, who was the other one that the Mets traded there? The, uh, the shortstop. <laughs> but yes, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really struggling here. But yeah, I mean, listen, the Yankees have had their run in with the with the previously the Indians, now the Garden Guardians, as recently as the. Um, the 2020 series where the Yankees went into Cleveland and took both. Obviously the comeback in 2017, they have their, their history with Seattle, although it's been about 21 years since that's happened, but it would be fascinating, obviously in either event, like what team I feel like I shouldn't ask this before it even happens, but do you have a preference in terms of team that they would face Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah. I just do not want to see the staff of, of um, Seattle at all. It's a fair and that point. lineup can hit up and down, even without Julio in there. Yeah, you got Ty France, you got Suarez, who just got placed on the IL, but if he comes back, no, I'm with you. It's I I don't feel great about either team, obviously, but it's playoff teams. It's playoff time, you shouldn't feel great about either one. Um, I'm, keeping, the NL. I'm keeping yep. my eye really segwaying into the NL on San Diego. Like, all those moves they made, they have to make the playoffs. Are they the Brooklyn Nets of the of MLB? 100%, yes. So much drama around them. Obviously, like, 99% due to Tatis. And they're just, I don't know, a little bit better than mediocre? It's like you can talk yourself into them because of the players that they have. And then you just watch them over a large sample size and be like, they're just, maybe they're not up there with the best teams. No, they're the players. I mean, Drury's been, Soto's been Soto. Drury's been okay. Josh Bell has sucked. Another guy that screwed me over in the fantasy playoffs. Josh Bell has sucked since he's gone there. A couple of moves they made have just not panned out for them, and and it's crazy to say because they have a very good pitching staff, and I, and another guy that sucked is Hater. Bad. Oh, he's been awful. You think the Brewers are saying, "Look, we told you so." Yep. No, no doubt about it. Um, just outside of Machado, their their top guys just have not been panning out, have not been playing well. No, then there hasn't been a really good vibe around that team either. Like. Not just because they haven't lived up to expectations, but the whole Tati shit, you know, the hater. It's like, oh, we're trying to make you our closer, but you're just unpitchable at times. It's it's weird. Like, I just, 
I don't know why they're as bad as they are. I can't say it's managers. I think Bob Melvin's a great manager. I just think for whatever reason, things have not come together. No, they they need to make it or else the manager's going to get fired and Tatis is probably already going to get traded, as you've predicted. Yeah, did I make a full prediction that it'll be this winter? I, I don't know. You just... You kind of threw it out there that he was going to get traded. I don't know if you were like had a lot of conviction behind it, but I think you had quite a feeling. It just there's what the owner said about him. Like you just owners don't say that about their franchise superstars who they just gave long term contract to. You know, double digit years on a contract to. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. He's been an ass all year between the motorcycle accident and then the 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 PEDs to come back. Um. All right, you ready to talk some NBA? We got a little bit of news, mostly off-court, people that don't play. People that don't play. Did you take anything away from your Knicks media day yesterday, Tom? No, I could care less. <laughs> I'm just – I am I am so fucking close to unfollowing Bleacher Report because it's like first they put up, oh, the Lakers' big three. It's like just because the three best players on the team do not make a big three. It's like they put up a picture – oh. Take a look at the first picture of the Knicks' big three together. Like, it's it's Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, and and obviously I like Barrett, but it's like between the three of them, there's one All Star game. Like, come on! It's the most ridiculously used slogan in sports. I think the big three. Yeah, especially like, in basketball, clearly. But it just. It pisses me off. I know we're trying to get hype for the season, and and I don't know. I, I is did they change the schedule up or something? Because it feels like basketball crept up on me this year. In a month, they're going to be playing regular season games. No, man. This is this is the normal time. I mean, don't forget in twenty twenty though, because everything got pushed back. Yeah, they that, didn't start till Christmas. Right, yeah, regular season started at Christmas, but no, this is this is on par with where they want to be, but. Yeah, I agree with you. I hated that, and I was just happy that there was no complete circus at Nets Media Day. And I think Durant and Kyrie were super, like, they were very transparent about. Durant put what up a little, uh, like. a little photo dump on Instagram. Yes, he did. Listen, I did mean, you see it? The photo dump of him at practice, or no? It was just like a bunch of pictures, and then the last one was just. This guy probably in Brooklyn on a crosswalk just with a car just leaning on its horn and this like guy was just standing in the crosswalk just holding up the middle finger for a good 30 seconds. I was like... That I did not see. Yeah, you have to get a look at that. It's like a picture of him and Kyrie basically sleeping on each other's shoulders on the plane and him in practice with somebody else and a bunch of swipes right and a bunch of pictures and... I guess he's back. I, I don't know if that was kind of like an olive branch kind of thing, but I, I think the Nets will be fine this year. We're gonna have we're gonna have predictions coming up soon. I, I'm not worried about your Nets right now. Yeah, we'll get into it all then. I was just I was just happy to to hear everything seemed like it was let out in the open and there was no restrictions on restrictions on what they could or couldn't talk about, and everybody got their answers and. It wasn't like last year where it's like, well, hey, where's Kyrie? Oh, he's not he's not here because he's not vaccinated. So already better than last year. But, Tom, there were some big-time news stories that surfaced last week after we did our rundown. And, you know, both of these are going to be kind of uncomfortable to talk about, particularly the first one. But I think you and I have 
unfortunately had a lot of experience talking about these things. And I want to let you lead off here, talking about, obviously, Emilia Yudoka being suspended for a year by the Celtics due to improper relationships with a female staffer. There seems to be other stuff in there. Brad Stevens seemed very disturbed, and he was even you know, moved to tears when they were talking about the decision. So I'm going to let you lead off here and talk about what you've heard and what your thoughts are on the whole situation. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Oh, very tough situation, and I'm going to let you take the reins on it. What a guy I you trust are. you. You're the, you're, you can't say that you're the CEO of the pod. I'm going to tell listen, I mean, I don't know any of the details. I don't think too much has really come out in specifics. The only thing I did here was that it was a uh, consensual relationship, which I, I, I that's a positive. I will take that out of it. Thank God. Outside of that, it's poor conduct. Um, I think the Celtics are going to, you know, you have to look at their over-under. It's going to be a tough year. It's it's obviously not good. Uh, very unprofessional by Yudoka. Very unprofessional by whoever he had the consensual relationship with as well. Um, you know, it was consensual, so let's not play the victim card here. She was a guilty party as well. We'll have to see, you know, you always don't think details are going to come out and then somebody somewhere in in 2022 is going to leak them. And I'm sure by by the beginning of the season or by the All-Star break, we'll know every painstaking detail. Um, Just a really bad look. I was honestly surprised that the Celtics didn't fire him and and quite a fall from grace. Okay, so I'll help you out a little bit. By the way, I think you did just fine there, um, as far as from what we know. But, okay, let's talk about the suspension then. What were your thoughts when you saw a year? Like, when they come out and make these claims, like, if you're going to suspend a coach for a year for something that seems like it's really, really bad and goes against organizational practice, obviously we know, quote-unquote, consensual, at least that was the initial report by Woes, okay, why not just let him go? Why is he only getting a year? And how easy is it going to be for him to just walk back into that locker room next year and command respect from the players? Yeah, I mean, it's it's extremely disappointing because he seemed to really turn around the young guys and he did command respect from the players and the new voice really seemed to reinvigorate the, the Celtics. I mean, they went all the way to the finals. They came pretty close to winning it, I, I think you could say. Um fall from grace and and it is interesting i mean honestly if i'm in that situation i think i just let him go because i don't know if this is given the fact that they suspended him for a full season and and all and all the details will come out at some point i just think i just think you got to let him go i mean you're really only the only comp you have to this for a guy getting suspended for a year although he got quote-unquote fired and rehired was cora and obviously that is a completely different situation um, and it's much easier to regain the respect of the players and whatnot, especially with the year that he didn't coach. The Red Sox sucked. Um, it's the only situation I can really think of that's similar to this, and the only thing that's similar is the fact that he got suspended for a year and then came back. I just, I, I'm scratching my head at this. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up just letting him go as well. I mean, they've got a full year to think about things here. I I really I genuinely don't understand what the year suspension is going to do. I mean, obviously you had to take action, you had to do something about it, but 
I don't know. I feel like in 2022, when these things come across the board, especially in these type of situations, it's usually like no questions asked, fireable offense. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the piece that I'll, I'll kind of go into to my whole spiel here. And I want to lead with the fact that when this first came out, um, you know, I, I thought it was really uncomfortable as somebody in, in my situation as a white male to talk about, because again, this reminded me a little of the Deshaun Watson thing where, you know, you have a strong leading African-American in the, in a position of power in a city that has obviously a very checkered past in terms of racism. Sure, uh, but... And then, and then a female, you know, and I think the worst thing too is like, well, is this, it was consensual, but as the, as the two days after the initial Woj tweet went on, it sounded like there was something a lot deeper incited than this in terms of he would make, you know, unpleasant passes at or uh, very uh, wrongful actions towards multiple female staffers. So from that standpoint is Twitter does its ugly thing and mm. starts, you know, assuming or playing the guessing game of which female Celtics employees he could have done this to or which ones was Udoka involved with obviously the whole Nia Long situation being played out so to me I'm like oh this just makes me feel uncomfortable is this is this all true is it like one part true the other parts being fabricated uh obviously these women who had nothing to do with about with had nothing to do with it are being dragged into it on social media where you just see the most evil side of social media. Oh, it's terrible. And then honestly, Tom, like to me, Matt Barnes, who I really respect as a former player in the media. There's some who clearly just try to do their thing and they don't care what they say. They don't care what relationship they have with the current players and the current organizations. But I think Barnes does. And he went on the offensive right after this and went uh, went to uh, Imeo Yudoka's side and was really trying to defend him. And then he posted this Instagram Live on Friday saying, you know, what I said was wrong. It was very hasty. Uh, you know, prayers for everybody involved. This shit's a lot deeper that I don't have the right to speak about right now. And that is where I circle back to how you ended what you said. There's going to be a lot more that comes out of this. And I thought it was very strange that the Celtics would make it public of what he did instead of just making it, hey, he, he breached the code of conduct. He went against the moral code of the Boston Celtics. Uh, we're suspending him for a year. We'll have no further comment. Because I didn't think that they had to do anything more than that. But so when they mentioned the at least the consensual relationship details, it's like, huh, that's kind of weird that you would say that yeah. if there wasn't a reason to I guess they kinda, not I, say that. I, I, I agree with you. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they went with the, the idea that eventually it was going to come out, but then it's like you're half pregnant because like more of this is going to come out than just that. So I think you go the route of don't say anything or say as little as possible. Um, and hopefully the organization can keep it under wraps. I guess good on Matt Barnes for recognizing that he was wrong and, and walking it back and apologizing. I, you know, I'm a big believer on only commenting on facts. So when more facts come out, I will give my opinion. I think everybody would already know my opinion if it 
came out that it was less consensual than we thought it was um, and whatnot. I just think if it was consensual, obviously both parties should be suspended. Um, this, you know, but, but the abuse of power is, is clearly involved here. And, and I don't know that that's really all I have to say. I mean, I don't really want to make it like a, a I don't even know. Like it's just, uh, it's, it's crazy. The fall from grace. Cause this guy was going to be a coach of the year candidate again. And, uh, what can you do, man? Uh, that's all I really got to say. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, I'm waiting I'll on the just, facts, you know, and they're going to come pouring out. They they will. The I'll just close with I agree that if this is just paving the way for an eventual um, termination or a alley for Yudoka to resign. You just can't have this come out and then him walk away be away from the team for a year due to circumstances like this it's totally different than alex cora being oh, yeah. the bench coach on a cheating astros team so if that's the case my question is is are they helping him out by just suspending him and not for because he went down without a fight he said i take full responsibility for this decision uh, and my actions, and there will be no further comment. He certainly hasn't appealed. He didn't. Yeah. Make, so I'm thinking, that also, hey, maybe the Celtics, maybe the Celtics are helping him here and just yeah. saying, hey, you lay low, you stay away for the year. That also we'll kind of all the facts leads me then, to believe that um that there's more to this story. There's definitely more to this story, man, because you don't get the turnaround from people defending this guy who seems to have had you know, an unblemished past is riding high on the top of the world for the Celtics and heading into a season where they're the reigning Eastern conference champs. And right before camp, this comes out and this is the decision that's made for Matt Barnes to walk it back that fast. Clearly somebody in the know got on the horn with him and was like, you don't know, Dick. Yep. (laughs) And, and they they gave him, you know, the 101 or whatever you want to call it. And he was like, oh, shit, I, I, I'm just going to stay out of this. Absolutely. So either way, which is why I don't want to comment on anything that's not a fact, because then I, I speculate, you know, I think we're going to look stupid when if if we plant our flag on one side or the other, we're going to look real stupid when the true yeah, facts come out. We can address it without making a declaration. We're not we're not opinionists. I we're, think t- we're just talking about what we know now unlike the sports media hot take have to make a decision now you know like that sucks i would hate to be somebody where it's like hey uh here was Woj's tweet you don't know anything go on and talk about this like we now have a week of this to basically at least this is where we stand as of tuesday heading into wednesday towards the end of september we'll see what happens over the time but i think we we can address it without being speculative. My only opinion is that I think the year suspension in about 99% of circumstances is including this one is stupid. Um, and that they're going to eventually let him go. And on top of that, I say it all the time in all these situations, when there's smoke, there's always fire. And this isn't the last of this story. No, it's not. And we'll address the rest of it when it comes out. Right now we're doing current events and 
this is the current event. Uh, the next one in the NBA, Tom, as we are getting very close, the preseason opens next week. Robert Sarver, who got a very light slap on the wrist, according to most, um, by uh, Adam Silver, giving him the year suspension and $10 million fine. Well, he's going to cash in on that quite nicely because as sponsors start to pull out and the minority owner of the Sun said, I think you should sell. I don't want to do business with you. Well, Sarver now is set to sell the team. Remember, he owns the Phoenix Mercury WNBA team, too. And his punishment for being a racist, misogynist piece of shit is going to be about $6 billion for the Phoenix Suns. Well, he owns 35% of the team, so it'll be 35% of $6 billion. But still, that's going to be... Well over a billion dollars. Regardless, he doesn't deserve a dollar, but he's going to get it. Um, just because you're a good businessman does not make you a good person. Um, I'm glad he's going to be out of the league. I hope that the Phoenix Suns can be run a little bit better because they have been one of the cheapest franchises. Um, they've had plenty of chances. Look at the, uh, the Steve Nash years and whatnot to go on to win a title. I'm hoping somebody that's actually smart decides to run this team and is actually a decent human being. That's all I have to say about that. It sucks when these guys with money end up, you know, same thing as the Donald Sterling thing. It's like, yeah, did he really suffer, though, when he sold the team to Balmer for billions of dollars? I think it was like $2 billion. I mean, this guy's going to get $1.5 to $2 billion just for being a piece of shit. Yeah, it's, it doesn't seem like a fair punishment, but rich guy circles, as Bill Simmons always talks about, like there is something incredibly powerful, unique, and special about saying I get to I own a professional sports team. Yep, and also and now you take that away from him. Another so. another thing that Simmons said was Sterling. It, it's Silver has no right to tell Sterling at the time or Sarver you have to sell the team. They, they own that asset. It, it is theirs. It's just like owning anything else. You can't force somebody to sell something. Uh, I guess you can just hold their feet to the fire and make their lives miserable and embarrass them. And that's kind of what happened to Sterling. And um, it looks like that's what's going to happen to Sarver. Well, that was it, right? The rest of the owners who Silver works for said, we don't want to be in business with this guy. We've been trying to get this guy to sell, and now we finally have ammunition. Like, we are not going to partner with him. We are not going to do this. And it's like, well, we can't have an asset like a professional basketball team that's, you know, being pulled from from uh, nationally televised games or Christmas Day games or whatever and sponsorships pulling out left and right because they don't want to do business with you. And that was the road that this was going down with the Suns. Uh, when you have the minority owner saying that, like, I'm not going to be in business with you. And I forget what I forget what he owns, but um basically saying like we're not going to be affiliated with the phoenix suns like that's a lot of money you're losing yep no no doubt about it um i'm interested to see who he sells to i'm, I'm hoping it's not bezos or one of the other big guys i'm hoping those guys are set are, are saving up to buy literally just own all of new york sports i'm praying for that <laughs> i know you are um weird vibes around phoenix camp today by the way uh just put a bow on that or oh, with Aiden and whatnot. Yeah. And that the coach like, hasn't, I still, I, I still haven't talked to Monty Williams. He's like, I just wanted to give him a break. It's like, <laughs> what'd you guys like break up? Jesus. Yeah. It's like, are you happy to be back? And he was like, yeah, it's all right. It's like, Ooh, that's, hmm. 
interesting. Yeah, if I'm Monty Williams, I mean, I know it's not really his decision when it comes to who gets signed and who doesn't, but you got to reach out to the guy and try and mend, mend, mend fences or whatever before training camp starts. We're like two weeks away from doing our NBA preview. Uh, and yes, I looked at the, the calendar and we are about two weeks away from doing an NBA preview. There's going to be some really interesting things. I can't wait to see how we line up some of these teams because just of the drama alone and shit. It's like, wow, Brooklyn how Nets, much do you buy into it? How much do Brooklyn I buy Nets, into Phoenix it? Suns final. Yeah, that'll be the day. Um, Chris Paul would have to, you know, really do better Chris Paul things. Um, and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant can't get swept in the first round series. But I digress. Tom, let's talk about your favorite sport, college football. And I'm going to lead off. I'm going to do Will Smith a little little <laughs> present here. His Kansas Jayhawks beat Duke 35-27, and they are 4-0 for the first time since 2007. I mean, this is pretty amazing, man. The Big 12, it's up for grabs, and right now they've got it. Yeah, no doubt. I told Will they're going to be the uh, their Big 12 champs this year. Will called me twice today. Um, I was taking a nap, Will, at the time. I'm sorry. I couldn't talk about I don't know what the hell he wants. probably want to talk about fantasy football or something. I don't know. I talk enough about sports here. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's just hilarious that they get good, like right when Will decides to plant his flag with them. But, you know, I, I went away this weekend, and maybe by next weekend I'll have my uh, USC certification. Well, your USC Trojans won, but, uh, you know, it wasn't very easy. They beat Oregon State 17-14. But, hey, a win is a win. A win yeah, is a congrats win. to Kansas. Um, run down the order here. Kansas State, the lesser of the Kansas teams, even though they're nationally ranked, they beat Oklahoma 41-24 in Oklahoma's first loss of the year. And, uh, yeah, that's a game where you say, boy, I wish I had Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. No doubt. Um, Oklahoma – I know Rosillo said on his podcast they brought in that defensive coordinator to make them better. They suck. They can't play defense a lick. Um, and they're all but out of it now. See you later. Yep. Yeah, another another you know potential playoff team out of the Big 12 goes down. Clemson beats Wake Forest 51-45 in overtime. I'm sorry. Wake Forest, they play all these crazy-ass games in the 50s and 60s. Clemson, the fact that you have to score 51 points to win against Wake Forest, I know their offense is really, really good, but I'm not bought into this Clemson team. I think they're only at five because of their history yep. and their, their pedigree. Def- but their defense it. is not good this year. It's not. Um, Tennessee beat Florida. They moved to number eight in the country. They beat Florida 38-33 in Florida. You know, that was fun while it lasted. Uh, they had the Utah win. Since then, they've been dog shit. And, uh, Tom, we are I don't think we have to worry about there being an upset in the swamp against Georgia anytime soon when those two teams play. No, not at all. Tennessee, things are looking up, and uh, they're getting that number one, number one uh, QB in the country coming in next year as well. Yep. Look at you. You're even in on the recruits. Jesus Christ, man. That's uh, honestly I, that's honestly all the Instagram on the Explore page. If I'm bored, it just comes up. Hey, whatever. That's how I found out about that one. You're on it. I'm giving you credit. Much anyway. better than the Manning kid. Take, take it or leave it. Arch? Well, this Arch? this this Lava whatever his name is is apparently like a thousand times better than Arch. Interesting. 
Well, we'll find out, right? Next year, they'll both be freshmen. Um, although, I don't know if Arch will play. He I don't played, think he will. He red shirt. Yeah, for Ewers. Um, Oregon beat Washington State 44-41. We're really with Oregon. Just They're another Pac-12 team. The Pac-12, honestly, they have a lot of ranked teams. Um, are they national championship contending, playoff contending? Probably not. Only and USC. Only USC. And then A&M in the game that I thought was the most compelling of the weekend. Uh, they beat Arkansas 23-21. Arkansas is a fun team, though. Arkansas is really good, and they're hosting Alabama this week. That could be a trap game for Bama um, before they play Texas A&M. And A&M, man, like, God, their offense just is not good, but they find a way to win when they no, need to. That's, quarterback that's makes a lot possible. of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. As for Arkansas, yeah. Yeah, as for Arkansas, this was a game I thought they should have won. So Got a good running a back. Like Don't they always? Like, I feel like they have such good skill position players. I keep my eye on uh, that for the draft, though. You know that. You know I'm scouting. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, when you're Jets and Giants fans, we should be scouting pretty much as soon as the season starts. Uh, but there's the there's the week four schedule. I didn't write anything in for week five. I will mention this, even though I didn't put it in the notes. Texas lost to Texas Tech. And uh, I will be going to the Texas-West Virginia game this weekend, so I'm interested to see what the vibe is around. Uh, Was it at home State or on the road in Lubbock? They were in Lubbock. Okay. That, that's not as bad, but they, they better fucking roll. I'm going to have to take Texas with the spread. Um, before we move on to NFL, Ryder Cup, USA smashed the internationals. President's which we. Cup, right? No, President's Cup. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Ryder Cup's a bigger deal. But at the end of the day, um, Team USA smashed um, the internationals. As you predicted. Oh, yeah. The, no, it wasn't even close. All right. You ready to talk a little football? Let's talk some pro football, Tom. Yep. All right. First game on the docket. Cowboys beat your Giants 23-16. to um, The first half was... One word I could think to describe it is heinous. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly... I thought you were going to say preseason, meaning like starters weren't playing. No, yeah. it was, it was I, absolutely heinous. I was like, should I call Hulu and ask for like this month's uh, hit like half of the half of the bill back for Hulu Live? I, I mean, it was just it was terrible. It was like it wasn't even good defense. It was just terrible offense. And unfortunately for the Giants, their most consistent weapon when he actually plays which is rarely, gets hurt yet again, Sterling Shepard tears his ACL and he's out for the year. Yeah, and the last play of the fucking game, too. Thanks, MetLife Stadium turf. You're, you did it again. Um, this was really annoying, but that's the word I'll use. Like, First of all, I don't want to hear any shit about how I'm not a man of my word. I texted Will Smith right after the game and said, congrats to your boys. What's your Venmo so I can send you your 10 bucks gentleman's bet? So I held up my end of the bargain. So, Will, I hope you don't spend that all in one place. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, I like you, and especially being a fan of this game even, or a team in this game, I was just like, God, this just hurts to watch football. And this was on the heels of that Sunday night game that we'll talk about at the end here. Ugh. That was just a drag. But, I mean, here's here's my takeaways, and, and then I'll let you I'll let you have the floors. The Cowboys still suck, even though Cooper Rush looked pretty fucking good. 
this team makes so many goddamn mistakes. Now, their defense is elite. Last week, I told Will that I thought that they were a very stingy defense, but they gave up a lot of yards. Maybe it was just because they got the Giants, but they were really, really good in this game. Barkley had a couple big runs, including the touchdown. But the Cowboys make so many stupid mistakes. Uh, they, they drop a lot of passes. A lot of positive plays get called back for penalties. They commit stupid, uh, unsportsmanlike penalties. I mean, honestly, even though it's Cooper Rush time, you could say that the Cowboys should have hung 30 on the Giants, and it wasn't really even that close. Uh, they thoroughly outplayed the Giants. They just they're not a disciplined team and I have no questions whether it's Prescott or Cooper rush that they're going to find a way to blow a lot of games that they should win for the giant side. I gained a lot of respect for Daniel Jones. Um, he got absolutely punished in this game. It was the worst quarterback beating a giants quarterback has taken in my opinion, since watching Eli against the 49ers in that NFC championship game, he never had a chance. He was literally running for his life. Uh, young offensive line did the best they could, but they were no match for, uh, DeMarcus Lawrence and, and obviously Parsons, um, but Jones hung in there on a lot of plays. He made plays with his legs. I, he made two throws on that last second to last drive, one by Shepard that was dropped, and then the obviously just abyss of a player in Kenny Galladay. The Giants have no talent on the offensive side of the ball outside of Saquon Parker. Literally none. And Jones did the best he can. And unfortunately, I think there's going to be a lot of games like this, whether they win or lose, where you're still going to have no idea what kind of quarterback he is because he's throwing to David Sills the fifth. Now that Shepard's out, Richie James, like those are his options. So I thought the defense should have made more plays. They didn't. Cooper Rush, hats off to him. Congrats, Will, on your Cowboys. But I, I, I just, I look at the Giants. I'm like, my God, there is just very little talent on this team. <laughs> yeah, the Giants. I mean, I, I think that they're kind of the antithesis of the Cowboys because the Cowboys, although they lost two big wide receivers, well, Gallup's coming back, but right now they're missing two big wide receivers in Cooper and Gallup. They do have a lot of talent, but they do, they make a million mistakes. The Giants, I feel like, do the best they can with what they've got. Um, and, and you're right. The Cowboys should have scored 30. I mean, you have a massive drop. Not only are they penalty mistakes, but I mean, you got Trayvon Diggs for absolutely no reason going for a pick six when he could have just knocked the ball down. That one probably cost them right there because I think they got a first down. The Giants got a first down out of it. That could have got them to 30 and CD lamb just dropping every ball that's thrown in his direction. <laughs> it's, it's literally unbelievable how many drops this guy has. I mean, remember last year we were worried about Jamar chase with the drop problems. This guy's the receiver with the drop problems. Oh yeah. hundred percent is. Yeah. I mean, do you feel any different about the Cowboys than you did last week? No, not at all. Um, I think maybe just because the NFC is so weak, they might sneak into the playoffs. Um, but they they're not winning the fucking division. They're not winning a playoff game. I don't care if it's Dak Prescott or Cooper Rush or whoever. They are not. They have a terrible head coach. They're not disciplined enough. I love their defense. I love Dan Quinn. They're fast. They fly to the ball, but they just are not a disciplined enough team to be good enough to beat real talent. And the Giants are talent riddled. Yeah, I was talking to my coworker about it today. He was a big Cowboy fan, and I was literally saying, "I'm like, you know, if I were you, I would just be so pissed all the time because it's not a talent thing. Like, it's not a talent. They thing. They always draft well. 
And like Will said, Will 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 really likes to rattle off players. That's his thing. After listening to the pod a couple times, I mean, they do have like good offensive linemen. Like the the guys that they drafted and pulled in, like they're doing a good job protecting. But it's just like when when you have a million fucking penalties, what does it matter? And that's on the head coach at some point. It's on the head coach all the time. Right. And it's also on the players, too. You can be as talented as you want. The reason you keep getting second, third chances as a player or why you're really talented, but on several teams is because teams are sick and tired of you being dumb as shit. And the Cowboys have players who are dumb as shit. And you can rattle off as much talent as you want. Like the Giants are have been fun this year because even though I knew they were going to lose, like they had that 13, six lead after the Barkley run, which was awesome. By the way, it's so fun to watch Saquon again, but it's like, I don't expect you to hold this lead. We're just so bad. And I think Aikman did a great job of saying like Joe Shane, very seldom does a new GM come in and the team, like the team usually has no talent and a lot of cap space or a lot of cap space and no talent. And he said, the giants have no talent and no cap space, which is true. So I'm kind of enjoying enjoying watching the giants because it's like, I don't expect them to win. And why I had so much joy out of the first two weeks was it's like, I can't believe this team is winning any games when I watched them play a whole 60 minutes. Um, But I still like, I still like Dable. I still like the feeling around this team, despite the Shepard injury. But if I'm a Cowboy fan, I'm just angry. I'm like, how do I not blow this team out? How is it six six and a half? No, no doubt. Um, yeah, I would not be excited for the for the remainder of the season when you're playing better competition as a Cowboys fan. I mean, but the one the one thing one of my friends said in the chat, in the group chat was we were talking about betting and I was saying I was on the Cowboys and he was like yeah I don't think the Giants are allowed to be three and zero so <laughs> they're just legally not allowed to be three and zero and that gave me a ton of confidence with my pick you know that meme of the three headed dragon and like the two were like all menacing and and fierce and then the third one's like the really stupid one <laughs> yeah. That was like heading into last night, and it was like the NFL's three def- the three uh, undefeated teams was like the Eagles, Dolphins, and then the Giants. Obviously, you can guess which one they were. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but listen, at least it seems like I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We're only three games in, but the Giants have a competent head coach and, and a competent GM, and that's that's not nothing. No, it's not. And again, I'm not – the difference between Dable and, and Judge was I got really excited when the Giants won those six games and they had that nice little stretch in the second half of 2020. But that was after they got off to an 0-4 start. Like, this is after a 2-0 and start. So, Dave, like, that already is head and shoulders above where they've been. And, you know, they're trying to mold this team into what they want it to be, and it's obviously not going to be any version of this. So, we'll move on. Um Good win for Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. I'll let Jerry Jones talk about that quarterback controversy that I'm sure Will has already ordered his Cooper Rush jersey. Well, uh, apparently Dak Dak might come back this week. I saw a Bleacher Report no alert. No fucking way. That's really? that's what I that's what I read. I don't know how accurate it could be, but it was saying there potential comeback this week. I I just think it's one of those things where it's like let's not Russell Wilson rushed back and he he's looked like shit ever since. So let's let's not rush him back but that's just me 
No, straight facts there. All right, Tom, let's talk about your team. Uh, the good vibes lasted a whole week. The Bengals went into the Meadowlands 27-12. Uh, Joe Flacco again threw the ball more than 50 times. And are you ready for Zach Wilson this Sunday? A hundred percent. The Jets defense again. It's just like we're playing good in the first half, and then they just run out of gas. It, it's what? What can you? You can't expect these guys to to be able to play perfect football. They're not that good. Um, I am ready for Zach Wilson. I, I should have seen this shit coming. I think all three of us took the. Uh, let me look at my sheet here. I think all three of us took the Jets to hang around. I feel yep. dumb about that one. Oh, no, Will took Cincinnati uh, for his one win on the week. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know about you, but I, I feel dumb. I feel I feel dirty, and I feel dumb about it. <laughs> Is it because it's your team, too? Or it's just like you should. we should have fucking known better. Coming off a win, like the and the Browns were zero two, or excuse me, the Bengals were zero two at the time. Like you just, it's Joe Burrow. Like we should have known better. Like I, I, I just feel dumb. I feel very much after this game the way I felt after the Ravens game week one. Mm. Um, we need Zach Wilson to come back. But the other thing that's pissing me off is it's like you you draft Michael Carter last year who had a great season, one of the few bright spots of last year. And then you draft consensus, the number one running back in the draft. Everybody's going crazy over him in fantasy. And it's like Joe fucking Flacco is leading the the league in passing attempts. And it's not like the Bengals got out and it was 27 nothing. It was like 12-12 at halftime or something. Like, can we mix this shit up a little bit and, like, have... I, I understand that we're basically just waiting for Zach Wilson to come back. But can we have a fucking... We're we're 1-1 one one right now. Can we have a... Before this game, can we have a fucking semblance of a game plan? Can we run a little bit of a script here? Yeah, I'm... I obviously agree with you. Uh, the fact that he leads the NFL in pass attempts is a joke. Uh, the game planning has to be better. But, Tom... To me, the Jets, they lose—they lost this game going away by the final score. But I, again, did not think the Bengals played particularly well. No. Uh, I thought you had a lot of chances. There. I thought the Jets had a lot of chances. You as a fan had a lot of chances to see this game go a very different way. And, you know, the absolute bullshit penalties that the Jets commit. <laughs> you know, we, I, we just went on the Cowboy, on the tangent about the Cowboys. No matter how talented they are, I trust that they'll fuck up because I trust that somehow, some way, a player will make a really bad penalty or Mike McCarthy won't know how to manage a clock. I feel that very much the same way about your New York Jets, except they don't have as much talent as the Cowboys. But I'll tell you this, they have a lot more talent than the Giants on both sides of the ball. And, you know, you've got John Franklin Myers after forcing a Joe Burrow three and out deep in their own territory, roughing the passer. I hear the cat, by the way. Um, yeah, they're being fucking bad out there. <laughs> so shut up. And then he's uh, not going to. He's not going to. You're in the animal kingdom. He's we'll been very needy it. lately. Uh, well, he missed you. Missed you when you were gone. Um, but no, it's like those stupid penalties, and then a drop. You know, one or two dropped interceptions, and then those come back to haunt you because it is Joe Burrow. And Jamar Chase really wasn't that great in this no. game, especially going up against Sauce. But um, Sauce, it, man, it's just he did a great so job. Stupid penalties, 
missed opportunities. And if I'm Robert Sala, like these are things that you've got to clean up, man. I mean, it was the same last year when you had a lot less talent on defense. You have a lot more now. No and doubt. you're still committing really stu- – You this is a coaching thing at this point. You have a year and change now with him. A hundred percent. It's coaching. It's coaching all across the board. I think they had. I think they had the talent to make this uh, a one-score game against Cincinnati, if not even have a chance to win it. If they could fucking figure out how to draw up some halfway decent offensive plays and get some first downs, so that your defense could at least have somewhat of a breather. Because, like I said, I I really think that this defense was doing a good job against Cincinnati. They just got gassed because they were on the field so fucking often. Um, but yeah, between just. This head scratching play calling and and the penalties it's just it's all on coaching it really is and that's where you know the Jets fan has the complete right to be furious about where you're at because if you want to say it's because of Joe Flacco it's fine but it's not really because of Joe no Flacco. they're drawing up the place for him to throw a million times yeah it's a very easy offense to to look at and I'm fascinated to see what it looks like with Wilson uh, because Flacco also has missed people are like oh what happened to Elijah Moore is he good I guess there's on like a Jets Twitter page or Instagram or something one of those fan accounts where they show every play that <laughs> Elijah Moore was wide open down the field that Joe Flacco threw a little check down pass mm-hmm. so maybe that gets better with Wilson yeah you, you gotta hope so yeah I think he's just gonna be able to spread the ball out a little bit more and and actually be a quarterback i feel like joe flacco is just out there making business decisions and just check down charlie and the only time that you really saw a flash of like a true nfl quarterback was in that comeback last week it was literally for a minute and 20 seconds or whatever it was i'll never forget it though you'll never forget it and that's i don't want to shit on that and be like oh that's the only reason that the jets have one win a win is a win and they're hard to come by in the nfl so good for them um Anything else you want to say about this game? The Bengals. Do we? How do we feel about them? No better. The corner. No. I feel no. I I feel no better. Their offensive line still sucks. The Jets still generated a lot of pressure, and their defense. I mean, if they didn't, if they played anybody else but the lowly Jets or maybe the Giants, I think the another team would have been able to put up twenty to thirty points. Yeah, I agree with you. They they still have a lot of glaring holes uh, on this team before I can say that oh yeah i trust you to get back to the super bowl um let's go back into last thursday night tom we got the doozy that was brown steelers browns won 29 17 i mean are we done with the are we done with the mitch trubisky experience already i mean this was just it is so hard watching him let's get pick it out here i mean you know, the only saving grace for another fantasy football loss was that Deontay Johnson seems to get targeted every single fucking time, but it's for five yards. This is just putrid. Um, I know the offensive line isn't that great, but you you gotta you gotta put push the ball down the field a little bit. And he's not even using his legs. The only good thing about Mitchell Trubisky is that he was kind of like not as accurate as Daniel Jones, but at least like the guy could run. Like he's not even doing that. So what is he good for? Nothing. I just think it's time for for Kenny Pickett. I mean, Will said it like the beginning of the season and last week. Like, why not? You're not going anywhere. Just like start the experiment up. I was okay with them giving Trubisky the shot at the job. You know, I, he had been a good backup. He is a guy that went to the playoffs with the Bears. Uh, 
And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how the Jets did a terrible job by Sam Darnold to, to let him start when he wasn't ready. And then, you know, trying the same with Wilson last year, not to bring up bad memories, but you know, it's like, Hey, I understand the reason to start, but after a couple games, it's just like, why though? Like, can we see our future at least? I understand both sides of the coin. I trust Tom when he's a great coach, but man, they are just a boring, bad team. Yeah, no doubt about it. Especially with Watt missing, they just they don't bring anything to the table for me. They let Jacoby Brissett put up twenty nine points on him. I know, I, I I know. That's a that's a good Browns team though. They have a lot outside of the quarterback. They have a ton of talent. Yeah, Mari Cooper had a big night. They he did, and those running backs ran all over him. So far, the Browns have two wins, and this is what you want to see if you're a Browns fan. It's like we're stabilizing. And we're winning some games that we should be able to theoretically win without without Deshaun Watson, obviously. Yep. All right, moving on to the next game. The Dolphins beat the Bills. Um I, I don't just bad, 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 bad play calling from the Bills towards the end there. You saw the offensive coordinator blow up. Um, a lot of head scratching plays, but kudos to the Dolphins. This experiment with the two really fast wide receivers and Tua is working out. Um, and their defense, I know it's a bunch of no-name players because they pretty much sold off their entire defense a few years back, but it looks pretty good. Yeah, well, they got Melvin Ingram in there. I had red zone on during the 1 o'clock games, and he was making a lot of plays, uh, whether he was finishing plays or, or, or leading tackles. But, Tom, I mean, this is staggering to me. In the Miami absolute, like, just swamp and humidity and heat, the Bills ran 90 plays. Yeah, they, and the Dolphins were able to hold up. Uh, yeah, I mean these early these early season games in Miami, we got to file this away for next year. But the fact that the, they were able to sustain their endurance to make plays at the end, like we can say that was bad Bills, but my God, I mean, if I'm a Dolphin player on defense, I got nothing left. And they were able to hold on and. You know, I looked at the line on Tua. Like, he only threw for 175 yards, like two touchdowns. But, again, this is the this is the thing with Tua. I think they're trying to make him, hey, we don't need you to throw the ball 45 times. We need Game you to manager. throw the ball somewhere in that 18 to 30 range, depending on the game. And you have two elite playmakers once you get the ball in their hands. And you have the safety blankets of, of, uh, of Gusecki. Yeah, no doubt. I mean... They, there's a lot of – their offensive coordinator, I don't know who it is, but he's really good because there's a lot of – he just plays it to his strength and there's a lot of, you know, short yardage. Waddle and Hill are going to take this five-yard whatever it is and turn it into a 35-yard gain. Yep, for sure. And I don't want to speculate on whether Tua actually had the concussion or not. It didn't look good, but in today's oh, NFL, wow. you have the independent uh, – neuro neuroscientist there it's like looking at him like listen i'd like to believe that they didn't run him back out there with a concussion did uh, not look good but it didn't look good at all and it, and if it does turn out the fact that he was allowed back out there with a concussion uh the dolphins need to be fined uh what are they gonna give up their 20 their 2050 draft pick <laughs> Yeah, because everything else is gone. <laughs> yeah, they're already facing the they're already facing the fine and the loss of picks. Uh, 
But hey, either way, good win for the Dolphins. It still doesn't bother me with the uh, with the Bills, though. They're I think still right there in the short list of top three or four teams in the NFL. Not worried about it even a little bit. Moving on to the next game, two. I don't even remember. Uh, I think I picked both teams not to make the playoffs. Um, non-playoff teams, in my opinion. Titans beat the Raiders. Um, Raiders suck, dude. And I said that they were top-heavy. I know I'm a football genius. I pick them to finish fourth in their division. They're 0-3. And they lost to the Tennessee Titans, which Will yeah. said was one of the worst teams in football. And I don't really think he's that far off. Well, I know you don't think that because you've said it probably just as much as him. Um, I feel really stupid about my Raiders pick. Uh, I really thought the team was going to be a lot better. I took for granted that Josh McDaniels should only be a coordinator. I know it's only three games in, but uh, this team, listen, I know they, they were right there and they could have won. But again, bad teams lose these games. Uh, nice for the Titans to actually avoid an 0-3 start. But man, just so underwhelmed by this Raiders team. Yeah, no, both non-playoff right. teams. Not much to say there. Thank you. It's early on in the year. Who knows? They might turn it around. Um, Panthers beat the Saints 22-14. to The only thing I really take away from this game, Baker did just enough to win. I don't even know who he's throwing the football to because I was looking at the stats. Another stinker from DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson stinker, Christian McCaffrey stinker. I don't, I don't care. Whatever. They won the game. Jameis apparently has a tough injury. And Alvin Kamara has the same injury as Justin Herbert. So I think the Saints are going to be heard from at some point this year. Oh, man, it is hard watching them play on offense, though. And and Jameis is playing with, like, four fractures in his back. So I keep wanting to give him the benefit of the doubt, knowing how fun, and I use that word intentionally, of a quarterback he is when he's healthy because he's a wild card. But you know he can bomb the ball down the field. Can't do that right now. Um, nope. Can't make plays. He looks like he's just a broken man and trying to play. I don't know if you watched this game, but it looked like the Saints were rolling. And it was there was a game last week where there was a fumble and it seemed to change the entire game. I don't remember what it was. But same thing this time. Kamara was rolling four carries for like 40 yards, and then he fumbles the ball, and it just seems like they couldn't figure it out from then on out. I don't think Kamara is nearly the same player that he was. He'll still make plays, but his best hurt. days are – Yeah, he, well, he's hurt, and again, like, I need to see him – I need to see him be healthy and do it for a while again. You know, he's not as young as guys like Saquon and um, and McCaffrey. But yeah, man, it sucks. Uh, they're not good. I don't think the Panthers are either. But good for the Panthers getting their first win. Uh, Ravens go into New England for the Pats home opener, and the Ravens won thirty-seven twenty-six. And I think right now, if the season were to end, I think I would give Lamar the MVP. I would, too. The only thing I really take away from this game, because we already said that the Patriots suck, is the Ravens' defense sucks, too. The secondary is abysmal. Yep. No doubt about it, and they lost Mac in this game. And and Lamar is first in every category, and he has looked incredible. Yeah, the Mac Jones injury really sucks. And the other thought I had, I texted this to, uh, to my dad, was how far have the Patriots fallen where, for their home opener, they have, like, the C team of Fox – which is usually NFC doing this game. This was like the Romo Nance Invitational 
a couple of years ago. So it's like nobody wants to watch this Patriots team. They're right up there with the with the Steelers as the most boring team in football. I no don't doubt. count the Jets. I don't count the Jets because they haven't had their quarterback. And I don't count the Giants because they just don't have talent. There's enough well, the talent Jets, here. And I'm not just saying this as a homer, but the Jets also have a lot of exciting young players. They do. There's nothing to be excited about if you're the Patriots because I think you're realizing that Mac Jones is never going to be very good. But he's never going to be bad enough to suck and for your team to bottom out. But now he's hurt, and we'll see what Brian Hoyer does. Is <laughs> you know, it feels like they just never want to let that guy go. Um, Vikings beat the Lions. I thought the Lions had this game for a long time, but Kirk Cousins in a one o'clock game at home does what he's supposed to do, and they hang on and they win twenty eight twenty four to advance to two and one. Yeah, they eke away with the win here. They did what they had to do to keep themselves in the divisional race. Um, but the Lions are frisky. Tough scene for Will's division-winning Lions. I mean, just I just want to say this real fast. I know we don't have to do this pod for that long. You got the cats to worry about. But I just I'm glad that we were like getting towards the end of that pod because I if we were all in person, like if we were out like grabbing a drink or like just hanging out. I would have torn him to shreds for that pick. Like it is, I re-listened to the pot. I'm like that is literally one of the dumbest takes I've ever heard. Yeah, one of the dumbest takes I've ever heard. The I was fact trying that to. I was not going to buy into Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, but Jared Goff, who all he does is shit on, say, "Oh no, I think they're good enough to win the division because their old line's really good." I'm like, do you listen to yourself? Like, did he go to hot take school or did he just finish watching first take and be like, I know what I'm going to say on the pod because Will, I love you, but my Jesus. That was a bad one. And I was trying to think of a bet to make with Will, but it's like I couldn't even give him stakes because it's such a bad take on his part. It's like I wouldn't even – I would feel dirty winning the bet. <laughs> like, Well, I also like – I respect him. Like he knows his football. He knows his sports. And when you say something like that, it's like – you're you I don't know what you're just contradicting or you're running circles around yourself you're not even like beating any of us like in a conversation so well I can't wait till you come back on but uh yeah not a good not a good pick hopefully he walks it back like Matt Barnes did that would be ideal because as dumb as I was for saying Kirk Cousins was going to win MVP I didn't say well he I didn't say that coming off of he could never win a big game uh, when he was in Washington. Obviously, six years later, makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> Eagles beat the Commanders, and I think the most impressive win of the week. The Commanders have talent to put up points. They did not do that. And Jalen Hurts, man, having A.J. Brown and Devontae to throw the ball to, uh, I mean, plus Dallas Goddard. Like, this team and Miles Sanders, yeah. I mean, I think the most important thing for a guy like Jalen Hurts is a good offensive line because if you give that guy time, I mean, he's going to pick you apart with his legs and with his arm. That defense looks incredible, especially because, yeah, I mean, you saw this the first two weeks of the season. The commanders go down um, and fall behind because of Carson Wentz, but then Carson Wentz comes out in the second half and just slings the ball all over the yard. And any other team, I feel like he would have made this a 24-20 to game. They wouldn't have won, but they would have come back. Now, this defense held Pat all game long. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to say it yet, but the Eagles look really good. I I, I know that there was talks. Russillo had Damian Woody on and asked if they're the best team in the NFC. I'm still going to get the benefit of the doubt to what we've seen in the last few years from obviously the defending Super Bowl champs, the defending Super Bowl champs before them, and then obviously we know what Green Bay can be. 
but this Philly team looks locked and loaded to be right up there. And they're going to, they're going to capitalize because there's some really shitty teams in the NFC, particularly in their own, in their own division. Um, as for Washington, this is just the Kirk or the, uh, the Carson Wentz experience. You're going to get games where he puts up 35. You're going to get games like this. No doubt about it. Um, Colts beat the Chiefs. This Fuckers. game, you said uh, you were the most impressed. Um, Why, you lost your thingy, Majig? I'm not a survivor. Yeah, thank, thanks, Patrick Mahomes. Really appreciate it. The, you said the game before this was the most impressive. This is just a head-scratcher game of the week. Um, Chiefs, I mean, is the sky falling? Absolutely not. Just a, just a terrible game from them. You can have them. It was, yeah, it was just a weird game. Like, I felt the whole time like the Chiefs should be winning by 30 points, and they weren't. But I'm like, they've got this. Like, Matt Ryan's going to throw a pick. And he just never did. Yeah. <laughs> they they and you let know them down, down the field. My other thing is, it's like, okay, you guys don't have a running game. But you also haven't had a running game since you cut Kareem Hunt. So, Andy Reid, like, let's let's design some things here. You got a bunch of skill position players, except the fact you don't have a running game and you missed on Edwards Alaire. Like, let's keep it moving. Because they just keep trying to force it. And then it's like, well, it's third and 12. Same thing as the Chargers. Like let's let's just have Mahomes make a play, and it's like he can't keep doing this all game. No, you can't. That's a really good point. Uh, and I chalked this up to this is just going to be one of those weird isolated games in the early part of the season that still kind of feels oh, like yeah. preseason. And you know they're going to get they're probably going to dominate their next game, and the Colts are probably going to get killed in their next game because the Chiefs are still really good and the Colts still really suck. No doubt about it. Um that division, there, there is a leader in that division for the Colts, by the way. We're going to talk about them in a few minutes. Bears beat the Texans. The Bears have only thrown the same amount of points that they scored in this single game the entire season 23 times. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I think Harvard's just about to start doing a study on it. Uh, they need, we need answers. <laughs> we need answers. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, this game should just be buried, buried, Deep into the core of the earth. I don't ever want to see this tape again. Um, two non-playoff teams. I'm very much ready to move on to the Jaguars. Honestly, let's just do it. All I'm going to say is, come on, Giants. You cannot lose to the Bears. And congrats on the Bears being 2-1. and one. Um, That's all I'll say. Uh, they are a bad, bad football team. Yep. All right. Moving on to the next game. The Jaguars beat the Chargers thirty-eight to ten. Um, yeah, maybe uh, I was talking to my one of my best friends about this on the golf course yesterday. He was a big Chargers fan. I just maybe your coaches suck. I I I, I understand the fact that it seems like every single player. Oh no! Are you turning on your boy? Yeah, I might be, man. And it's a quick turn because it's just like it doesn't make any fucking sense. It's like. One time, one one game, you're trying to sit on the ball and run the clock out against Kansas City when you're when you're a full throttle team, and this isn't the fucking twenty eight to three Super Bowl. You only have a, a fourteen point lead or whatever it was, which in the it wasn't even it was a ten point lead against Kansas City, which Kansas City a ten point lead equals a seven point lead, so you got to treat it as a one score lead in my opinion, and you're trying to sit on the ball, like no. Put your foot on the fucking gas and put your foot on their throat and beat them. And then this game, they just, I'm going to, I'm still confident enough to say that the Chargers are going to make the playoffs this year just because the other two teams in that division suck. 
Um, and the fact that I think every single Chargers player that mattered in this game either played very hurt in the case of Ju- uh, Justin Herbert or actually left the game. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. But the Jaguars look like the real deal. I don't think this game is a fluke. I just said that the Chiefs and Colts was. I don't think this was uh, from both stands. Now, do I think the Chargers are so bad that they score 10 points a game? No. Uh, do I think that the Jaguars are so great that they're going to hang 38 on every team that they play? Also, no. But here's why I don't think it's a fluke, Tom. Your your favorite coach there, who you're turning on now, Brandon Staley, Quick is absolutely turn. abysmal NFL head coach. He is egomaniacal when it comes to decisions of where to – where when to go for fourth downs this isn't fucking madden and you cost yourself teams there or you cost your team chances to win there as we saw plenty of times last year second thing is justin herbert is playing with rib cartilage damage you know how fucking painful that must be that dude is trying to be shot up with painkiller just to get out there after he's heart having probably trouble breathing all week and you have him in there in the final minutes of a game, you're down by 28 points. Oh, that is, again, horrendous coaching. So forget about just the score and the lopsided loss. That is just the worst coaching. This guy doesn't know how to manage a clock. He doesn't know how to manage fourth downs. And obviously, he doesn't know how to manage his franchise quarterback. So no matter how much talent that the Los Angeles Chargers might have, I have no confidence in this team because even though they should win a lot of games, I'll say they're, they're the AFC version of the Cowboys. They should win a lot more games than they do. And the reason they don't is because they have an idiot head coach. Now, just in terms of the Jaguars, listen, this is what happens when you give a great young talent, former number one overall pick quarterback, a very competent and formerly really good head coach. We know Doug Peterson in Philly had a very unceremonious uh, departure. He's a that might have also champion. had a lot to do with Carson Wentz, though. Yes, right? Like, we're starting to, that's a great point. We're starting to see kind of that narrative play out a little bit more. And he won a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz slash Nick Foles. I mean, this guy, you want to say it's is Frank Reich this, Frank Reich that. It's also Doug Peterson, and he deserves a shit ton of credit. And low-key, man, they have a lot of talent on the offensive side of that football. No doubt about it. I mean, I know every week we have to do our ceremonial, they paid Christian Kirk too much money. Well, guess what? He's still good. They got ETN, they got Robinson, and they fly to the ball on defense. Very good team. I think they're going to win this division running away. I also think Trayvon Walker really good number one overall draft pick that guy's a stud no doubt and everybody was giving him a hard time for not taking Hutchinson they seem to be they seem to know what they're doing so far yeah Hutchinson's look good though I won't I won't say that he's a bust no 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 no. the two things are not mutually exclusive yeah Walker's not a bust no no doubt about it all right the Rams beat the Cardinals the Cardinals suck uh Kingsbury's gotta be the first coach fired right yeah, we've talked about this. Backyard football doesn't work uh, all the time, I guess. No. I mean, one to two plays a game, fine. But if it's like your fucking go-to, like what? And and Hopkins, Hopkins, I mean, statistics say that he's worth a touchdown a game. But, like, do you think that they win this game if Hopkins is on the field? I still don't. No. No, I, I told you I don't think the Cardinals are very good at all. But thoughts thoughts on the Rams? Where where are we with the Rams three games in? Holding on the fort, getting healthy. OBJ is going to be back at some point. I know they're going to sign him. I think they're fine. Let let Stafford heal up that arm. They'll be just fine. That was the other take by Will that I didn't love. Like 
why would you not give them – I know that they're not looking super impressive, but they had that stretch last year where they really didn't look that impressive, but they still hung on to win some games. Like, it's not about style points. It's not college football when Alabama's playing Vanderbilt, like, or Georgia's playing, you know, Missouri. Like, the, these are NFL teams. Like, you just went on the road and in a division game and won. Like, mm-hmm. you're 2-1. and one. Good. Yeah, you don't look at when, – when you're seeding for the playoffs, you don't look at the scores of the games. Um, all right. Moving on to the next game, Packers beat the Bucks fourteen to twelve. They had the Bucks had a chance to win here. Brady had an old man moment, brain fart. Um, I'm still not really impressed with the Packers offense, but it is slowly but surely rounding into form. When you lose a player of Devontae Adams' skill set, and you also don't have any other skill position players um, that are of note because they are so young. Not to mention the fact that Aaron Rodgers. Like I, I think the first four weeks of the season for Aaron Rodgers is the preseason because he does so little in the preseason and he's earned that. So I am not worried about the Packers at all, and I'm not really I worried think about you the Bucks. Say that about the whole league. Yeah, man. and I'm also not really worried about the Bucks either because they were missing pretty much everyone, which is why I took the Packers in the first place. No, you're 100 percent right. By the way, I was just thinking back to our pod last week again with Will. Like he was saying, this Packers defense sucks. Okay, fine. Like you could use the cop out that the Bucks didn't have anybody and that everyone was hurt. Well, it's still Tom Brady, right? That defense looked pretty good all day. Yeah, you're really picking on Will here today, and uh, let's you know, <laughs> <laughs> Will's got some crazy takes. He always does, and and I think I was Will, giving, that was more for your credit. I think Will. I think Will's just just throws them out there, and and if he goes, you know, three for ten, you're still a Hall of Famer, right? Gotta be held accountable because he continues to give me shit for like two bad picks and us with our Gary Sanchez. And I'm defending both of our honors. At that point, when we said it, I still feel good about our pick with Gary Sanchez. Not anymore. Um, but no, I was giving you more credit for that. Like, it wasn't a terrible take to say, like, oh, do I trust this defense? But I I think this Packer defense is pretty solid. And yeah, we'll see what the we'll see what this game is if these two teams meet again in January. No doubt about it. Falcons beat the Seahawks 27-23. to Don't really care about this game, except the Falcons are very fun. Um, final game of the week. Well, Sunday night football. We talked about Monday night at the beginning oh. because it was your Giants and uh, Will's Cowboys. Um, I mean, this game was – you talk about – fucking hard to watch this was this was worse than the Giants and the Cowboys I mean I honestly got to the point where I was looking at it and I was like are these teams punting on third down now is this a new <laughs> <laughs> is this a new strategy that Shanahan's trying to employ that you're just going to punt on third down try and keep your try and keep your defense fresh that's how bad this game was and listen I'm still going to take the win against you because I did take um, the Broncos to win. I said that they were going to win um, decidedly, but it just this Broncos team, I mean, every once in a while, the Niners are going to throw up stinkers. That's why they tried to have Trey Lance fill the role of Jimmy Garoppolo because every once in a while, Jimmy G throws a couple picks and throws a couple balls at guys' feet. feet. Um, but with the Broncos, it's like, I just don't get why you're not letting Russell Wilson do successful not quote-unquote less let Russ cook things it's like first of all you have a running back in Javante Williams who looks like every time he touches the ball is 
shot out of a cannon, and he must be averaging like six yards a carry, not to mention he can catch the ball. And then you still have Judy, who I guess got a little dinged up in this game, but you also have Sutton. It's like, can can we just design a little bit better of an offense? Like, clearly this shit is not working. I don't have a lot to say here. Uh, I'll just summarize. Daniel Hackett so far, not very good head coach. That's no. three games now. Um, no, Russell his... Wilson, you're not doing what you were supposed to do. Congrats on a two and one start. My God, you look awful. And then third, agree with you on Jimmy G. This is just what you're going to get sometimes. He even pulled his best Dan Orlovsky imitation. But at the end of the day, you still trust him in clutch spots. Week three on the road against a Denver team is not necessarily what I would still call like Jimmy G. Based on what he's done, of course. All right, let's move on to our picks. We'll go over last week's picks. Um, first game we had was the Jets against Cincinnati. Jets plus four and a half. We talked this to death. I feel stupid about it. I don't know about you. I feel like we should have known better. Will had Cincinnati. Good job by him. You and I were both on the Cowboys. Will took the Giants. He claimed it was as a uh, reverse jinx. <laughs> I honestly believe him. Um, I do too. Because at least you can go to bed feeling good about that. Um, I had the Broncos as my sperm bank pick of the week. I had it out of order here. Broncos plus one. That one cash. We are two and one with our sperm bank pick of the week. You had Oakland. Not good. Will had Oakland. I had Green Bay plus two and a half. That one hit. Uh you had Baltimore, that one hit easily, and Will had Washington. So with that being said, three and one on the week for me, two and two on the week for you. I'm up to eight and four. You are seven and five. I'm one game ahead of you in the standings for the season, but it is a long season nonetheless. All right, let's jump in. First game of the week. The Chicago Bears are at the New York Giants. I don't know when this is being played, Sean. When? It's a 1 o'clock game on Sunday in, okay. New, in New Jersey. I just didn't know if it was a Thursday night game. The Giants are favored by three. They did a Monday night and then a Thursday night. That might be the worst and meanest thing the NFL could ever True. do. True. I, I forgot they went on Monday <laughs> night. Um, the Giants are favored by three. What do you think? I have the Giants in this game. Yeah, I just think the Giants' defense looks pretty good regardless. They're going to be able to get pressure, and I just – I. The Bears have 23, what was it? What did I say? 23 completions on the year? Or 23 passing yeah. plays in general? I think it was completions. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I think the Giants are going to be able to beat this team by a field goal or more. I just, I hope for your sake that they do. Yeah. I mean, the reason I took the Cowboys last week was I just thought even with Cooper Rush, the Cowboys talent wise were just so much better than the Giants. I don't feel that way watching the Bears at all. Yep. All right. Moving on to the next game, we have the New York Jets traveling to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. The Steelers are favored by three and a half. Um, Sean, I just I don't see why the Steelers should be favored by three and a half in this game. Last week, I told you I felt dumb about Cincinnati, but Joe Burrow still plays quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't I don't care what happens. I'm gonna have to listen to this over again. I don't care if the Steelers win by ten. I just I do not feel stupid about taking the Jets plus three and a half here. Well, I think that's the most important thing, right? And you're getting Zach Wilson back who 
who even though is younger, he should be able to make plays that obviously Joe Flacco can't. With that being said, I am going to take the Steelers. I know that for everything I said about Trubisky is true, but listen, they still found a way to put up 17 points on Thursday night, and Tomlin's still the head coach there. They still have playmakers on defense. And I just, I'm very underwhelmed. I feel like even if the Jets get momentum in this game, they're going to do something that costs them. So uh, I'm going to take the Steelers in Pittsburgh here. Not the worst pick in the world. We also have to start going against each other at some point here. So I respect it. Um, what's your third game of the week? Arizona at uh, Carolina. The uh, Panthers are a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Uh, I don't like the Cardinals, but I like the Panthers even worse. I think they got their win. Can Kyler make some plays? I think he can. I'm going to take the Cardinals. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, but I'll, I'll take them in this one. All right. I... I... <sighs> I don't know how I feel about that. I just I hate picking two teams that suck. I just feel like it's such a crapshoot. But I, I definitely I think Kyler makes enough plays in order to, to cover that spread. First game I got is the Buffalo Bills going down to Baltimore. Uh, You're I, taking this game. Woo. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to be I able to. I love it. That, first of all, I mean, Baltimore put up a good amount of points on the Jets, and they put up a good amount of points on Miami. They lost that game, and they put up a good amount of points on New England. That Buffalo defense is fucking for real. I know Lamar is playing like crazy, but right now he's playing the best defense he's played all year, and the Bills are going to come out with a fucking vengeance. I, I just don't think that the Ravens – first of all, the Ravens defense sucks, just straight up sucks, and I don't think that they're going to be able to keep up with the Bills. I think the Bills win this game by 10. Evidently. I mean, don't forget the Bills have some issues in that secondary, too. But I, I respect this pick. I really do. I, I would not touch this, but maybe uh, maybe I'm not as much of a man when it comes to picking as you are. So good job by you. I'll wrap up here. I have Denver at Vegas. I'm taking the Raiders. I picked them to win the division, for God's sakes. That's not going to happen. But I'm so underwhelmed with Denver. I don't think they're good at all. And Vegas, can you just do something for me? Just Derek Carr, make Make a couple throws. Put up 21 points. I don't think the Broncos can score 21 points. I don't see. I think the Raiders suck, but I don't think they're 0-4 bad. Something's got to give here. I don't mind that pick at all. Yeah, that's my thought. All right, my final, my final pick, Sperm Bank Pick of the Week. I am 2-1 with my Sperm Bank Pick of the Week. Um, I am going to go here. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers against Brian Hoyer. I don't give a fuck that the spread in Lambeau is 10.5. Give me 15 points. I think the Packers win this game by probably 17 points. The The oh, offense is coming around. Rodgers is starting to find his wide receivers. This offensive line is starting to get healthy with Bakhtiari coming back and whatnot. And this defense is just going to put a whooping on Brian Hoyer. Give me the Packers minus 10.5, and, and I think that spread is a steal. I think you're going to be three and one in your sperm bank picks when it's all said and done after Sunday, my friend. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. I really do. That's a good pick. Well, Tom, another week in the books, another week to look forward to. What do you got going on? Uh, nothing really for this week. I got uh, some birthday things coming up and an engagement dinner. Just people that just want to, you know, want a little piece of me. It's it's no big deal. Um, Give the people what they want. Yeah, maybe I'll play a little golf on Saturday. I don't know. Um, try it. The season's winding down, and my justification for playing golf on weekdays or whatnot is just like I'm really going to miss it when it's February 
and it's 10 degrees out and you know I all I can do is sit on my fucking ass at home so might as well play it while I can I think that's good justification yeah get out there on the links while you can man yes sir um, and yeah that's that sounds pretty damn good to me what about you you got anything uh, I'm going to the UT West Virginia game this weekend so I'm doing the tailgate uh, it's a 6:30 start um, so that's nice. It won't be really hot. Um, so yeah, I'll enjoy that. And other than that, nothing too crazy. So looking forward to it. Well, enjoy that game. I don't want to find out that you're wearing any type of Texas gear. I don't have any Texas gear. I don't, if somebody offers you something, you have to turn them down, right? Just say no thanks. I mean, I'm probably just going to wear a white tee. And, yeah. And, yeah. That's fine. Listen, I, I can, I hope they win. That'd be fun to be there when they win. They're not playing Alabama. They have no standings in an Alabama game. If I went with you to a St. John's game and they were playing Marquette and I can't go to a UConn game, I'm not wearing UConn stuff to that game. I'll root for St. John's. I'm not wearing But you wouldn't wear St. John's gear, yes. But more importantly, if we went to a USC game, because, you know, I am a future alumnist, um, you wouldn't wear USC gear either. Well, no, I would have no... I mean, at least I live here. Like, I'm not just going like... Uh-oh, oh, the window's open for a slight fraudulent move here. I can smell it. There's no fraudulent move. It's just, hey, everybody here, it's it's, it's a it's a college town. So it's like, yeah, I root for UT to win when, they, when they're here. I'm not pulling for them to win a national championship. I don't care if they win the Big 12. I don't care about any of that. But if I'm going to a game, it'd be cool to see them win, for sure. Not, or else I wouldn't go. Yeah, of course. Well, enjoy the game. I hope you have fun. Um, sports, the sports fans are in you. Uh, there's definitely <laughs> some rules you need to budge on. No, no, no. There will be no budging. I hope. I hope. Uh, I hope you it's a good. You say you hope the Mets win. I root for the Mets. I don't. I listen. I. I. If I was going to that game and I lived in Austin, I would root for Texas too. But I wouldn't wear any gear. Of course not. I would still root for Texas, though. I, I I would root for a good game. I would hope that Texas won on a game-winning drive, whether it be a field goal well, or a touchdown. Texas has no, outside of a couple of weeks ago, Texas has no bearing on what Alabama does. No, of course. That's why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. I would, I would, you can't wear any gear, but I would absolutely root for Texas. I if live I there. A, if I got a Longhorn hat. No, fraud. Fraud. <laughs> Absolute fucking fraud. Do you don't wear a team? You, I just said we just said this. I, I yeah. Do I root for the Mets when they're not when it doesn't impact the Yankees? Yes, but you don't see me out here wearing a fucking Mets hat and a Tom Seaver jersey. You don't see me that doing I that bullshit. Know. I could I could see it. No, no, don't do, don't disrespect me. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm not wearing any gear. I don't have any Texas stuff. Well, but if I anybody offers Texas. it to you, just politely decline and say. I've got a buddy that would be very disappointed if I put this on. Uh, <laughs> That's all you have to say. My, my co-host, last CEO of our podcast, would, would disown me. Yeah, no, I would. It would just further, it would further stoke the fire of the fraudulence. All right. And when well, I become a USC fan, it is going to be more legitimate fandom than your Alabama fandom. It's not a competition. It is for me because I'm going to be a true <laughs> fan, a true blue alumnus fan that gave my heart and soul and money to that school because I'm going to take like a leadership fucking course that all you have to do is pass a test to 
print the certification, and you're going to have nothing for Your Facebook's going to be as fraudulent as that test. <laughs> no, 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 no. I am going to put you're it on my resume. You're going to cheat on that test. What are you talking about? It's still going to go on my resume, and I'm going to I'm going to frame whatever certification I get. <laughs> you're going to pull all the answers off on, off the internet. I'm still going to frame the. I don't even I don't even know where my college diploma is, but I'm going to have that one. Well, that's going to be very impressive. I'm sure everybody's going to everybody's going to marvel at that accomplishment. They should. They should. They really go should. Trojans. All right, go Trojans. All right, good pod, everybody. We'll be back next week, Tom. It was good talking to you, man. Yes, sir. Enjoy the game. Uh-huh.